0: hello everyone my name is jt the talking head you are the audience and you are listening to episode 16 of the masters of matinee podcast a collaborative show between content creators who all share a great love for cinema and a passion for physical media today's episode is our second ever community conversation and our guest is the film-based tiktoker judas cinema closet the masters of matinee would like to remind you to silence all cell phones and do enjoy the show
1: Barney has pink toes. That's not one. I just wanted to say it. I to include that because I was <laughs> recording. <laughs> Barney has pink toes. <laughs>
0: Judas's vocal warm ups. Judas, welcome to Masters of matinee. For how's your, it going? For technically your first time, but we I can't talk about it yet, but you are we already have recorded something with you in it that's going to be coming up down the pipeline. Uh, But we're not ready to announce exactly what that is as of yet, because as we're recording this is September 22nd, this episode will actually be going up next week because I got my schedule messed up. So thank you very much for coming in clutch at such short notice and coming on because I needed somebody interesting and entertaining to talk to tonight. And I can't think of anybody better.
1: Of course, I'm glad to be here. i excited to be here. And, you know, that's kind of just the Judas way to sneak my way into things. You know, I'm already in an episode, like you said, or something. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of being a sneaky little snake, um, I'm going to ask you this question. It's the same question I try to ask everybody the first time they come on the show. Uh, Judas, do you still feel guilt for betraying Christ?
1: <laughs> it's the same question you ask everyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person. <laughs> No, I you know, I had a few thousand years to sit there and feel really bad about it, but, you know, I I just think bygones be bygones by now. Do you think he feels the same way? I, I hope so. I hear he's supposed to be returning soon. I, he he
0: is supposed to be pretty, you know, quick to forgive. You know? yeah, like father, uh, it's, like son, you know?
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure I heard him whisper up there. He said, hey, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's great
0: okay <laughs> on the real on the real though I do have a question that I ask everybody what is the last movie that you watched and on a scale of one to ten that movie is now your real life how how fucked are you on a scale of one
1: to ten? Oh man uh, well the last movie I watched was actually about ten minutes ago The Puss in Boots Last Wish <laughs> Um, a great movie fantastic movie and I don't even like most of the Shrek films I would say I'm I guess it all depends on that map without saying too many spoilers, how messed up I'd be, but I'd be pretty, I'd say I'm okay. You know what? I'm going to be okay. i would get to that last wish
0: now. All right. You are not the main character though. So you are not Puss in Boots. You're just somebody in the world or like somebody that you're, you were
1: going alongside Puss in his story. Okay, so I have to at least follow the story. I can't just be like, "Fine, I chill out in a village somewhere while that's going on." (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you you, you have to.
0: You have to be like, like you're, if not a sidekick, at least a
1: comedic relief for the story. (laughs) Uh, well, I'm gonna say I'm pretty toast then, because uh, uh, Jack Bauer, he 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 didn't care what was in his way. He he got wait, I just said that name completely wrong. I don't think it's Jack Bauer. That's a completely different movie. (laughs) Was
0: it that? Was it Jack Bauer? Isn't that from uh, the? Steege, right,
1: or uh, it's something like that. Um. All right, let's look it Jack up. Jack Horner is what I'm looking for, though. Jack Horner is the name of the villain in the movie. I gotta, I gotta look up who Jack Bauer is now because of that. It, there's a Jake Bauer, Jack Bauer, or Jake Bauer's name. I was thinking. I am a bit oh, dyslexic.
0: It's, obviously, it's Kiefer Sutherland in 24.
1: Oh, okay, there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're pretty. But, you're pretty toast.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty toast. Uh, Horner left no one alive. Okay. That movie's pretty brutal, to be honest. (laughs) I guess you were watching it with your munchkins. Yes, I watched it with my munchkins, but I actually just thoroughly enjoy that one. I'll watch that one by myself once in a while. It's got some great adult comedy in it. Not even hidden, to be honest. That's got the same kind of animation
0: style that Spider-Verse and TMNT have, right?
1: Yeah, actually, it definitely does, especially the fight scenes. You can tell they kind of drop the frame rates, but up the um, graphics and everything to make it look really nice. It's kind of like a, a cell shading. Yeah, almost like that. I'm not exactly sure of the words, but yeah, it definitely changes up to something like that. Yeah, I want to see that just because uh, I've heard
0: the art style is so gorgeous. Did you watch it on 4K?
1: No, I have not gotten a chance to watch it on 4K, but I have been watching it on Dolby uh, Atmos with my Blu Ray. Um and it looks gorgeous like even just that because we watched it on streaming and we watched it with my Blu-ray and Blu-ray definitely goes above and beyond over the streaming even and the streaming was apparently four K so I found that a little interesting. Um, hey, d- different strokes, different strokes. I mean, uh,
0: Blu-ray, you know the the 1080p high def. They, Blu-ray is also they typically uh, like to add kind of a blue filter over it, a blue screen over it is what what I've heard it referred to where it's a it's just to brighten the picture up and oh, okay. uh so i mean it, it in that way it could be subjective to depending on what your personal taste is that's why like whenever you get like um 4k movies like heat for example i don't know if you've seen the 4k of heat uh it's very very dark and the reason that people think it's so dark and it doesn't look good is because the um the the blu-ray and dvd releases for the past 20 years of that movie have been digitally brightened up so so for home audiences and stuff and uh but according to a few of my friends who saw that movie years ago in the theater um that's pretty much how it looked was dark and depressing and it was like very very a uh, dark film uh visually so I mean, it's just just a preference thing at the end of the day. If you, uh, you know, I mean, some of my friends would say, if you want to see it, how it was seen in theaters, it's like uh, the Texas Chainsaw. I was talking with Stephen Lackey about this documentary and Stephen Lackey OTS movie night for those at home listening. Um, We were having this discussion about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 4K scans from Dark Sky films and. I know that you haven't seen it yet, but the one from Second Sight, <laughs> you you have a story and a half for that
1: one, huh? Oh yes, I uh, definitely will eventually get the rest of it.
0: <laughs> um, uh. but yeah, the the scan of Second Sight was according to the director of photography, and it was Steven said that it was exactly how he remembered seeing it in the theater, and that's how it's supposed to have been seen, but the dark sky scan is from director toby hooper it's from a scan that he did for the dark sky blu-ray it was a 4k scan before he died a few years ago and so that's a director approved scan but it looks more gritty and nasty uh and a lot more orangey and uh apparently that's just how we're so used to seeing it that's why a lot of people prefer it is because that's how we're used to seeing texas chainsaw massacre from the vhs perspective and then brought over to dvds and blu-rays in the past and without these new scans and stuff it, it's not it, it doesn't look good in our current world but then it apparently it didn't look that grimy in theaters so it's
1: all a preference thing uh, is what i'm
0: long-windedly
1: saying <laughs> Oh, yeah. Clearly, I've noticed that in a lot of 4Ks because a lot of them just get restorated way different than other ones. And some of them say they're our director approved. Some of them just say, "Uh, we didn't ask anyone, we just did this. (laughs) So definitely. Yep,
0: yep. All right, so, Judas, I want to know. I want to dive a little bit. And about you, this is, uh, you know, we like to have some discussions. We like to have some discussions here, but, uh, especially since this is your first solo episode, I'll say that it's your first solo episode on the show. I want to, um, open it up, open up the can of worms, ask the hard hitting questions. Um,
1: what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Favorite breakfast cereal. Mmm. That's going to have to go with lucky charms, a little bit of classic with a little bit of sweet. Hmm. Okay.
0: That's uh that's not a common answer. I would say I don't think I've ever heard anybody say Lucky Charms is their
1: favorite. It's always just kind of been a cereal that's there. <laughs> like I'll, <laughs> I'll eat it if it's there. It's but... all right. My second favorite always throws everyone off. It's always Raisin Bran. Ew. And it's been it's been <laughs> it's been Raisin Bran since I was like eight or ten. <laughs> Dude,
0: I'm gonna have to. Okay, I, I try not to be judgy, but I'm gonna have to judge you on that. <laughs> Uh, Betraying Christ makes a lot more sense now because you got to be a pretty sad individual <laughs> to betray Christ and like raisin bran. Fuck.
1: Hey, man, <laughs> I need to be able to make in the morning or I get pretty pissed off. Jesus <laughs> understands.
0: Wake up in the morning and drop a log because of that raisin <laughs> bran crunch.
1: <laughs> it was just a morning I didn't get my raisin bran.
0: All right. On the serious note, though, what in your life growing up got you so into cinema? I know that you're a musician. The audience at home probably doesn't know that, but I know that, that you're very deep into music. Um, and we can talk about the music aspect of you on a different episode. I really want to keep with movies today. What because you're 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 a film talker. You've just recently hit a thousand followers, which fucking congratulations for that. Yeah, very yeah,
1: thank you so much.
0: Very well earned. Uh I, I gotta pat myself on the back for that as well, because I, I feel like I had a pretty large part to do with that. Um,
1: Hey, hey, here comes my hand to your back, too. I got to thank you. You definitely gave me a lot of support and different little tweaks and stuff there that helped me get here. Um, Between you, Brandon, a lot of other people that I I can't even remember their names right now because I'm very bad with names and dyslexic. Uh, But there's a list of like good 25 film talkers that are all amazing. The film talk community is above the best. Very supportive.
0: Uh, He's referencing Brandon Z
1: at Bez movies on tiktok
0: um i agree brandon is an incredible person i think we should all go and tell him how incredible he is by going to his comment section and spanning halloween ends in his comment hey, section hey, hey
1: i i didn't say his name because he won't agree that i have the best hair so
0: uh <laughs> i think i think ots movies has the
1: best hair in tiktok so you, you know you know his, it's right he's got that wonder woman hair it's just so gorgeous <laughs> and invisible <laughs> invisible so what
0: you know we're going to talk about you know leading up into tiktok and stuff here in a bit but i want to know what got you what sparked your love for for movies let's start right there so growing up your little baby judas you haven't even betrayed christ yet you're just going to uh you know play reenactments of of theater and biblical times and uh you're like man i just really want to own this shit so i can watch it whenever i want what what sparked that love for you
1: you know you make this really hard to answer i want to answer so accurate with the way you (laughs) asked it but honestly it was my mother um as far as i can remember my mom has always been a movie lover herself um she was showing me horror films since i was six Uh, We used to stay up and watch these shows on TV called the Scream Up All Night Marathons. And it wasn't about the scream. It was just a woman screaming. Um, Actually, though, Scream was one of the first ones I have a vivid memory of seeing. But my mother showing me movies and always taking me to the rental stores. And then by the time I hit 10, I would go to the rental stores myself all the time, even when I was broke, just to look at all the different art on the cases. What was your local rental store? My local rental store So we had a couple of them One I can't remember the name But it stands out to me the most Because I swear this movie store was uh, It was a time machine Because I went in there when I was like Seven I want to say And I rented The Mummy Returns I watched it a bunch of times I memorized that movie A bunch of years go by We moved to a different state I go to look for that movie That movie hasn't even come out yet what yes i i that movie has not come out yet i explained to the guy i even told him scenes and he said i'm crazy and that rental store the one i do remember highly is king's rental over in bellflower california that the one, was the mental the one huh? that did the one that didn't know that mummy's returns existed yeah the one that didn't know the mummy's returns existed you're talking the about one the I one i remember
0: as a child talking about the one with brendan fraser right
1: yeah the one with brendan fraser the okay. second one the one that had the rock being the scorpion king Got gotcha. you. So uh, I remember that because I even said there was the Chocolate Scorpion King guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you have this time-traveling video store. That is a premise for a movie right there.
1: Right? And no one believes me, and I swear that I either dreamt this because I have, like, five or six other regulations of renting movies there that just weren't out yet. Wow. And But anyways, the... <laughs> Moving along, once we moved out to state and I started going to rental stores a lot more on my own and I started remembering them, one that always memorizes King's Rentals in uh, Belfar, California, the owner of that got place, a wonderful Korean man, always had awesome suggestions for me. Um, a lot of the times, though, he forgot I was a child, I guess, and would suggest me some really hardcore, nasty stuff. i guess that's how i got into what i like now yeah that's how you got into watching anthropophagus and
0: betraying jesus huh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let this go
1: (laughs) that's all right i chose the nickname for a reason i guess well the (laughs) nickname chose me oh my gosh
0: i i so man that was such an experience right when was this was in this in the early 90s i guess
1: so 90s. when we when we moved to where King's video is in California, I think it was uh, just started just turned 2000, 2000. OK, so
0: pretty, uh, pretty formative years getting ready to go into some pretty rough times in our country. yeah. And uh, oh,
1: yeah, it was it was a magical time to grow up until it was a i absolutely terrible time to grow up. It was the last magical time for movies too. I feel like that was the time you can get away with anything, and it became a triple A movie. I mean, you had the most silliest of Adam Sandler movies topping the charts, and they didn't even make sense half the time. Yep,
0: and and not only that, I mean, nine eleven too happens, and that changed film per, like permanently, and music too. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, some really impactful shit caused like a, a total shift in the entertainment industry and. But, you know, I can remember going to video stores in the very early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s. I was I was born in 96. So I can I can remember going and seeing movies. Like I was telling, um, I think I mentioned this in my review for it on uh, www.ohmr.us, shameless plug, uh, for May, uh, you know, Second Sight just released that May set. And uh, the original cover art, that is one that like really stands out in my mind. Do you have like a, a cover art or two of movies that just really are at the forefront of your mind, just like live there. Whenever you think about video stories, you remember going down the aisles and you see this cover art. Is, do you have one of those?
1: Oh, oh definitely. One already pops in my mind. I mean, the dentist too. Uh, okay. Movie. I love the first dentist, but it took me years to see him because the f- cover art of the first, second dentist is a mal- woman's mouth full of razor blades instead of teeth. And just terrified me as a child. And then there was another one, uh, a Men Behind the Sun. Like I said, my Korean rental guy had some crazy movies up there. That cover art of the two guys and their throne and all the stuff going on—that that lived in my memories forever.
0: Do you remember what the first movie? What what what's the first movie that you recall renting from a video store was?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the first movie I rented was a uh, Ninja Scroll. Uh, an 80s anime, it was a one-off movie, but very brutal and very violent, um, especially for animation at the time. Uh, a lot of gore, just a one-off movie, ninjas tracking down a girl. I've heard
0: of that, but I I don't, it doesn't come immediately to mind, but Ninja Scroll, that sounds like a very familiar name. Um, I think, <laughs> well, alright, I'll, I'll tell you mine in a second, but I want to know. Cause I'm really interested in the video store conversation. I love video stores. Yes. It's something that I miss so dearly. What is your absolute favorite movie or not movie, but memory of going to a video store?
1: Um, so I do have one. I remember going in there. Actually, this was right after I have a giant hole in my head and I got smacked in the head as a child with a golf club. I stood too close to my friend. We were smacking balls um, and it cracked my skull open pretty bad. So we rushed me to the hospital. I got a bunch of stitches and whatnot. As soon as I got out of the hospital, though, I wanted to go rent Happy Gilmore. That, that's what I wanted. Nothing else. I wanted to watch motherfucking Happy Gilmore because golfing was on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: so my I went God. in there
1: and they didn't have it. And I, I started getting upset. I do believe I was about like 11 years old at this time. I was starting to get upset. So I started to grab other things. And the Korean guy noticed I was upset. He's like, what is wrong? I almost just did an accent. <laughs> He's like, what is wrong? Cancel and uh... <laughs> appropriation canceled. <laughs> it's my problem. I have to watch myself. Um, and I told him I explained to him and he said, oh, hold on. And he went and found it in the rental or in the return box and did the whole thing for me and got it for me. And that memory just always stayed in my head because it made me so happy to go home with Happy Gilmore, the movie I wanted. So you
0: you walk into the video store with your head bandaged, presumably. <laughs> yes, I did. It, uh, if I was the Korean guy, I'd probably take pity on you too and find whatever the fuck. What is what has happened to this kid, man? Like I gotta I gotta help this kid out. Like either it, your reaction is either gonna be that or get the fuck out of my store, you mummy. <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> you come in here talking about <laughs> about the mummy returns, and now you come and dress this one. Come on now right <laughs> so 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 you say that you got whacked in the head with a golf club so it's safe to say that happy gilmore golfing was literally literally on your mind
1: yes quite literally um i actually think it was because that's all i kept thinking about when i was sitting there getting stitches because i hated getting those stitches i kept thinking wow a golf club hit me and then i started thinking about lines from happy gilmore i was like i want to watch <laughs> Happy Gilmore." <laughs>
0: You did the doc, the doctor pull a stitch or something, and you're like, the price is wrong,
1: Bobby. <laughs> Dude, I oh, love man. Happy Gilbert. That's such a great movie. That is. It's one of his best ones to me, anyways.
0: <laughs> I don't think I can I don't think I can beat that. Um, I don't think I even I can even come close to that story. Uh, but I when I was a little kid, I think I was probably five, six years old. I went to a video store, a local video store. This was one that was in a little small college town. That was not like a blockbuster movie gallery, Hollywood video, not a chain. It was a like independent video store. I remember it was really cool. Cause it had a subway sandwich shop attached to it. Like the, the person who owned it was a franchise owner of a subway. So they, they fucking brilliant to have a college town, a video store with a subway attached. Like
1: that's genius. You just clean up.
0: Yeah. So we go in there, we get some subway, I'm going to stay with my grandpa, and um, we're looking around, and I pick a little movie off the shelf called Puppet Master, and my grandpa looks at Puppet Master, and he's like, oh, puppets, a kid's movie, <laughs> and we rent it. Oh, no. And we go to his house, and we put it in and we start watching it and when he realizes what's going on that oh this <laughs> might not very much so be a kids movie uh he's like i don't know if we should be watching this and then my mom calls to check on me and she's like what, she what, what what you guys watching And he was like watching this movie called puppet master and she said oh i've heard of that what's that one rated And she had to guide my grandpa to the back of the, like over the phone, the back of the box to see, to tell him where the rating was rated R of course. And he turned it off. of course. And to this day, I've never seen fucking puppet master. I'm a grown adult. I know that it's streaming on like shutter. I have a shutter account. Like I could go watch it when we get off here. Am I going to probably not?
1: Nope, you're too good. Of, you're too much of a good boy.
0: At this, at you know this, your point,
1: mom will be disappointed if you watch it.
0: At this point, I think I just—I'm 27 years old. I might as well just never watch it. I mean, I've got the—I've <laughs> got Charles Band's Arrow video Enter the video store, Empire Screens box set on my shelf. I'll watch dolls. I'll watch Robo but a Robot Jocks, Puppet Master? No, that's too inappropriate. That's too inappropriate. Hey,
1: to be fair, that, that's a bit of commitment, too, because if you're like me, you have to watch them all. And that's like, I think, over 10 or 12 movies right there. Yeah, but after a while, didn't they kind of get like the Amityville series where it was just like absolute
0: fucking garbage for like, oh, yeah, after like well, it three gets, or something?
1: It get, turns into garbage and then they rebooted it and it just turns into chaos garbage. Um, They introduced Nazis a lot more and everything. So, yeah. It, but it's a Charles Band movie. I mean, what do you expect?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's like, I don't know. I love those cheesy movies to, <clears throat> to a degree. You know, there's 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 different levels of of cheese. There's oh yeah Charles Band level, and then there's like the more Grindhouse level. You know, it's like it's like untalented, cheap and Cheesy and then talented, cheap, and cheesy. I think Charles Band falls more into the talented, cheap, and cheesy. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I would. I was actually just going to say, then you got like the straight shot on VHS's, which I'm learning there are a lot more just finally resurfacing now because there are all these new labels willing to put them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're, they're 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 tough to go through sometimes, man. See, that's why I don't know, like.
0: I'm a little bit uh, hesitant to agree with the ideal that all movies should be on physical media, because the argument that I always hear is like, all movies are art; they deserve to be, you know, released to these, you know, editions and stuff. I'm like, no, <laughs> man, not all movies <laughs> deserve to be released on Blu-ray or DVD, even. Like, I don't care that your you and your friends shot a movie in your backyard, like. <laughs> The only, I will tell you, you (laughs) I will tell you the only time that I have ever given a shit about an SOV movie was Eric Wilkinson, uh, the MVD indie producer, uh, MVD, uh, he's a curator for the, um, MVD rewind collection. Uh, he made, he and his brother and his friends in like 1988 made a SOV slasher movie that's like 20 minutes long called the violence movie and it's actually fun to watch i don't know if it's legitimately fun because uh i'm like seeing one of my good buddies in you know back when he was a teenager uh, doing this or if it, it's because it's kind of like watching your friend's whole movies in a way or if it was just a legitimately good sov movie but i don't have much of a frame of reference have you seen many of those crappy sovs
1: uh, yeah, actually, I, I'm actually diving really deep into them. Uh, Visual Vengeance has been putting out a lot of them lately. A lot of ones that I didn't even know existed because, uh, like, The Abomination is from 89, and it's a straight to VHS, but the practical effects in it are just crazy good. The acting, not so crazy good, but the practical effects are... Um, violence movie is another one that's amazing. I had that on my collection. That I do put that with all my shot-on-VHS movies. I do prefer the the second one. I I guess you can say they're split into two. You got Violence Movie 1 and 2 on there, right?
0: Yeah, I don't as a, <laughs> as a as a as a film critic myself, the second one has some very big plot holes. <laughs> but, <laughs> that I just don't think that 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 Eric and David thought about
1: back. In- that that's that's why I loved about that one cuz I get to it and I'm like, "Wait a second. Okay. <laughs> fine. Whatever you say." <laughs> It's, for for
0: reference there is a um there's a scene in the violence movie part 2 where the killer reaches his hand through the back of this dude's head and his fingers come through the front of the dude's face and he throws him down on the ground and the killer still has his hand and it pans over and shows the fingers popping out of the dude's face while the killer still has his hand it's the it's some of the silliest goofiest fun shit i've ever seen in my life um you can buy the dvd of this on amazon for like 10 bucks i think it's like 12 bucks if you buy it from mvd directly so like it's actually it's a legitimate D V D release from MVD. It's I, I love the fact that he put it out there like that. It's very short. Both part it comes the it comes with both parts, uh one and two, and together combined they're like thirty-five minutes. So very, very short, but it's so fun and it's so stupid and very admirable. Cause like a group of teenagers did all this stuff and it's put together pretty fucking well for what it is and what they had. So.
1: Well, I will say that that is the exception I would have of putting everything on physical media. Fine, but not everything needs to be a boutique label. That's released at 40 bucks, 35 bucks. Right. If, if it's a shot on VHS, put it out for five, ten bucks on something. If you want it on physical. Sure. Yeah. And I can agree with that.
0: Other, other than that, though, I don't give a fuck that you and your friends shot a movie in your backyard.
1: <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> you, you know you enjoyed The Room, too. The Room, too. Uh, uh, the Room as well.
0: Oh, okay. I, uh, I love that movie. But to, to be fair, that movie had a full studio budget <laughs> too, uh, behind it. Well, to be fair. Aw. That movie had a... That somehow... Wizo finessed all of these fucking people with a with a fucking studio type budget to make the room and it it was still awful so <laughs> at least yeah at least the room looks like a movie you can't say it doesn't at least look like a movie
1: it's got some of the color correction right yeah you're right <laughs> S- some of it yeah <laughs> some of it we won't talk about the roof scene
0: yeah the roof scene is i mean very clear, clearly green screen but uh yeah i mean it's a different though like the room is a completely different conversation um oh yeah for another day too i think that we should do a watch party of the room in our discord server i think we should definitely do that
1: oh definitely i think we have quite a few people that haven't even checked it out
0: oh yeah that, that seeing their reactions for the first time would be awesome um all right so we've already kind of switched over to this and we've been talking about a lot of physical media uh judas your tiktok channel is solely based on physical media collecting and doing mail days and doing this really fun series called Roll for Review, which is based off of Roll for Sandwich, the series on TikTok. Uh, Who created Roll for Sandwich? Do you know offhand?
1: Uh, No, I don't. I actually don't know even of Roll for Sandwich.
0: Okay. Well, Roll for Sandwich, was he literally just does the same thing that you do for Roll for Review, but it decides what kind of sandwich, the bread, the condiments, all that stuff that's Um, dangerous yeah i so you're very uh you're pretty new with the physical media film talk scene but you busted on scene in a big fucking way you've already climbed to a thousand followers to go live and everything uh when did you start film talk uh only about maybe two three months ago Yeah. So that's insane growth to get to a thousand followers within two or three months. That's very fast. Um, I can only assume that when you start going live, you are going to gain so much more. (laughs) Um, I, I, you, man, I, I'm so proud of your fucking growth on TikTok. It's so fun to see, to see new people who love physical media coming in and like making content based on it. So we are going to talk about that. I know I keep, I keep putting that one off. We are going to talk about your TikTok fame, quote unquote fame here in a minute, but oh, I want to, well. I want to, <laughs> I want to keep on the physical media side of it. So whenever I ask this question, every guest I've ever had, all the other masters essentially have had the same, the same answer, except for maybe Zed, uh, cause he's a young. And <laughs> when I ask, what got you started collecting physical media and in the year 2023 why do you still collect it the answer that i normally get is because i'm old and it's what i know and i want to own the stuff that i watch i don't want people to take it away from me is that kind of what you're like too or do you have anything to add to that
1: um i mean i guess i kind of have a story for it but uh you might be able to sum it up to that but um i mean the reason i started collecting is because i grew up in la like you know and a lot of bootleg vhs's and dvds at the time were always sold i mean we you couldn't sit in a taco bell without having someone run into that taco bell going hey you want to buy a movie you want to buy a movie i got this i got the new movie i got this and then whipping out a giant freaking duffel bag full of movies um, at that time, I found this really cool guy who would sell a lot of overseas martial art films, things I've never even heard of. And at that time, I was—I used to spend my lunch money to buy movies to collect them because I've never seen those, never could find them anywhere. There was no streaming services. Um, and I, I've always fought to keep collecting. I've never really try, truly stopped. There are things in my life that have diminished my collection. So I've always rebuilt. This would be the, hopefully the last time I've ever had to rebuild. Um, and in 2023, I'm still collecting because I, I just can't trust digital fully still. I mean, I, I love digital, I love technology and everything, but I mean, I had a big collection of digital movies that got taken away from me because Walmart uh, doesn't do its connection with Voodoo no more and something happened with my account and I lost like over 60-some-odd movies that I had on there digitally. So after that, I just solely bought physical.
0: Not to mention, there's a lot of movies out there that are still not streaming anywhere, and they're not available to buy digitally. A lot of these movies that we buy from labels like Blue Underground or Severin or Vinegar Syndrome, these are movies that were uncovered By these boutique labels and they were remastered restored from the best film elements they could possibly find and they're put out and this is the only way to see them um a lot of them admittedly to the credit of streamers are on like shutter i know that shutter has a very big uh like lucia fulci collection argento collection mario and umberto bava they got a lot of you know uh uh, jolly and a lot of grindhouse type movies and stuff yeah, yeah, and that's that's great and i think they also probably work with a lot of these labels and stuff to get it but at the same time for every movie that's on shutter uh there's probably 10 to 20 that are not on streaming have never been on streaming and probably never will come on streaming
1: Oh, exactly. Uh, I'm definitely finding every, almost every week still finding movies that aren't on streaming, movies that don't even have DVD or Blu-ray releases. Um, I just purchased a new movie that's never seen the light of day on physical since, I think, the 60s. And I'm so happy to have that. What, what was it? Uh, uh, that is uh, Haunted Samurai, and actually Diabolical DVD is doing a limited one-time pressing of it. They helped put it out, and it's supposed to be a uh, Lone Wolf and Cub-style type Ninja movie with a lot of blood and gore though. Ooh, I might have to check this out. Yes. It's very well priced too, for a limited one-time printing. I do believe it is only like 25 bucks. That is not bad at all, but yeah. So, I mean,
0: physical media is definitely something that I think it's a misconception. A lot of people say, Oh, it's dying. It's not dying just because you're not seeing it just because targets removing it. And, I mean, Walmart target is removing, but Walmart is really picking it up. I mean, in the past, like three months alone, four months alone, they have released tons of different movies with exclusive slip covers that are just at Walmart. And it's like, you know, like they did the mist, they had two different slip covers for the mist. And it's like that movie probably never would have fucking got paid attention to. I never would have bought it if I didn't see it for seven fifty with this really cool slip cover at my Walmart. And it's like, so there are people that are picking it up. And then there's also a switching to a collector's market. And I think Walmart really realizes that is that, you know, the way that they're going to sell a move product is to label it as a, as a collector's item. And with, with steelbooks, with I mean, Best Buy has been on that with, for a while with their partnership with Lionsgate for their exclusive steelbooks and stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh no. I completely agree with you though. Uh, physical media is not dying. If anything, it's, thriving more than ever i mean we have more boutique labels now than we've ever had more special editions one click boxes i mean i can't even keep up with how many is coming out our wallets are hurting (laughs) it's not dying we're dying (laughs) yeah that's this is true um i think it's also i think it's
0: also a little oversaturated um i don't feel I, i don't feel like a lot of these popped up boutique labels that we're seeing are going to survive in the long run. I think the ones that are dug in deep and are ha- have been here for a long time and are continually doing the right things are going to stay. Uh, you know, the ones that are the big guys, the Criterion, Arrow, oh, yeah, um, and then the ones that are even if they're smaller, they're gonna do. They're doing something unique. Uh, you know, your oh, yeah. your Blue Underground your vinegar syndrome. Um, I think you, you just had some kind of a partnership with wild eye, right?
1: Yeah. Wild eye has been sending me some awesome goodies from their vid- visual vengeance series. Yeah. Uh, that series is blowing up. Yeah. And I've seen, I've been seeing more and
0: more about visual vengeance, wild eye in general. Um, and they're doing really freaking cool stuff, really cool releases. Um, so, you know, those are, they're kind of a new kid on the block, right? Wild Eye is.
1: Uh, actually, Wild Eye has been around for quite a while. I found out they oh, okay. they just have their hand in a couple different companies. So this visual vengeance is a new line of theirs. This is a somewhat new line. I think it started last year. They only have about like five or 10 movies on it. But uh, from what I've seen, Wild Eye has been around for a few years because uh, even one of the t- uh, TikTokers I've talked to said they produced his movie about six years ago. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I
0: I mean, my, I think I still will stick to my point, though, that I think that a lot of these more popped up labels and stuff probably won't last Maybe. the long run, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, you're completely right with that. I mean, I'm kind of hoping you're right with that, too, because there are some labels you can see are just doing this because it's a money grab. They're like, oh, wait, there are people out here willing to buy this much for a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. All right. But there are you can tell what labels are here to stay and take care of us. Yeah.
0: The ones that are. I think, in my opinion, the best ones are the ones that know that they these movies should be seen and that they are willing to provide a product that is geared for collectors, but also provide a product that is not super uh, geared for collectors, that, that somebody that just wants the movie can get. So somebody like Criterion, they release really nice packages all, all around and if they have a super big box set that's like super expensive, it's usually justifiable because they have multiple movies in it for one. And But for two, the regular price Blu-rays for $40, some of them might just have a, you know, a regular packaging, but some of them might have like a really nice kind of box set packaging, DigiBook packaging that's geared for collectors. And then you have, and this is, this is an issue that I take with like vinegar syndrome. I love vinegar syndrome. I don't want to trash them because I think that their work that they do on restoration is honestly in a lot of cases, second to none. I think that they do some of the best restoration work in the whole business, but I kind of fucking hate that they'll put these movies out in these like super nice editions and stuff, and that's they don't have a standard edition to go with it it's like so it's yeah. like if you just want that movie on four k you're gonna have to pay fifty sixty dollars uh and you're gonna have to do it. While while they have it there, because once they print it once, they're ten thousand copies or whatever, it's never coming back. They sell like hotcakes. The brilliant business model, but it's not very pro consumer in my mind. Because I mean, once these are gone, you got like the Roadhouse set. The VSU Roadhouse set is freaking insane. To their credit, they did release a standard Roadhouse. That's great, but I don't think they do that for everything. You know, and it's no, like, they don't. And it's like, once it's gone, it's gone. It's just like, what's the point in preserve, like going under the guise of preservation of film if once you sell out of a product, you're not going to reprint it in a less limited form that's less geared for collectors? Like, if you want to preserve film, it, wouldn't the idea be to make it accessible for everybody?
1: Yeah, see, that's why I kind of like like Kino Lorber a little bit. I mean, they do what Screen Factory does. I mean, they sell out of their slips, and you'll never, ever see them ever again but they still make their movies available no matter what. I can still go grab one for a hundred dollars or just grab one without a slip for 10, 12 bucks.
0: Right. Yep. I think Kino is another one of those um, labels that is going to stick around forever. I I would say, I would say probably the big five, six, the big six that I think that I, that I see. And you can tell me if you disagree with this or like, want to add on or anything that I see staying around for the long haul as far as boutique labels go would be Criterion Arrow Video Scream Factory MVD uh, Blue Underground and Vinegar Syndrome
1: I agree with all of those except for Blue Underground for some reason I just I sadly haven't seen them doing much lately they've been just redoing all their movies again in 4K they seem to have the same Twenty to thirty movies, and even if you go on their website, it's just kind of filled with smut now. Well, they've always kind of been mostly smut. Yeah, but the, before their website used to have their rest regular Blu-rays and stuff, and it's kind of hard to even find those on there now. Well, now um, I think
0: I think um, they're mostly distributed through MVD's website.
1: Okay, and that that was the next point I was going to say. Of course, MVD is going to stay there. They got their hands in everything. Yeah, uh, for, you can't put those... out a movie without MVD. <laughs>
0: For a lot of them, yeah. For those who don't realize, M V D is way, way, way bigger than what you than what you know. It's way bigger than the visual line or the rewind line. It's they are the American distributor for Arrow Video, uh 88 Films, I think, Severin, uh, Snaps,
1: uh Unearthed Films,
0: Unearthed, Blue Underground, and tons and tons more. Like I think maybe yeah. Picks and a lot of smaller labels too, like they are the ones who are like if you buy an American release of an Arrow video, it's not being shipped from a Arrow web an Arrow warehouse that's in the states. It's being produced and shipped by MVD. So it's like they they are more they and they have their label, but they are a distributor. And I think that's something that oh I want to get Eric on the po- on the podcast to talk more about that too. I, oh, I think definitely. that's that's something that's always interested me about MVD is because they have the staying power because they're a necessity for the business. I think that's a brilliant like business model there on their, um, on their half. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Judas. Sounds good. So we've talked about. Puss and boots. We have talked about physical media, we've talked about your betrayal of Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about your foray into entertainment. So like I had mentioned previously, you were a musician. I I'm, yes. i don't know what you played in a band. I'm going to assume you were a guitar player.
1: Uh-huh. Just assuming, huh? It's you, the long hair and can't you, do anything else, can I?
0: You have the look of a, of a guitar player. Yes, I was a guitar player. Okay. <laughs> so, natural fucking entertainer. You, I can guarantee you, you were fucking born to do it. So, when I f- scroll through TikTok one day and I see this guy, Judas Cinema Closet, and he is doing something unlike any of us other fat ass, lazy film talkers are doing. And he's getting up and he's jumping into frame. And he is high energy, like this man drank four Red Bulls before he turned on the camera. You know it. I'm hooked on it. I'm followed. I am, oh my God, this guy is just the best. He's like, he your personality i don't mean this offensively your personality is like a dog you're, you're high energy you're just so bubbly and you want to be loved and 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 just make people happy like it, it comes off so well in your videos that you are so happy to be making that video it doesn't feel like it's drag for you uh you're always so happy to be getting this physical media you you can you tell by watching you that you're somebody who really appreciates the hell out of these releases that you're getting and unboxing on the camera and you're super happy and and enjoying the fact that you've found other people who want to share in that with you and you have people to talk to about it. That's what I see. I want to know and I I personally do know this, but the audience needs to know. What got you started on TikTok? Where did you discover this and how long uh have you been doing in intert- the the entertainment medium i know you had mentioned to me off camera that you had done youtube and stuff before right like you've had yeah, several YouTube, youtube channels and stuff like that so <laughs> let's hear about your background with
1: with media with media so i've always been trying to be in the spotlight at some point even though i'm a very shy kid at heart i've always wanted to be known wanted to stand out so i started playing music originally um was in high school did the jazz band stuff uh, did a bunch of metal bands at those times though i was metal you know when i even when i was in bands as an adult my personality was darker very quiet very grim that's not who i am clearly as you can see in my videos i'm a very bubbly guy as you said uh So I've always tried to put that into perspective with other mediums I like. Like, I'm a huge gamer, so I tried to do the whole YouTube of recording and just watching me play video games and stuff. But I don't have the knack of keeping up conversation by myself without anyone there. Um, So I felt it was a bit too dry. Um, I've tried, as you see, doing fan-made music videos. I I love doing almost everything that has to do with art or creating with uh, media music, video cartoons, whatever it is. And I love sharing it. The energy you see in my videos, all that excitement and bubbly. Yes, I'm happy to get movies, but I can get movies any day of the week. I can go to Best Buy and buy a couple of movies and skip home if I want. I'm excited because I get to share it with people I know that like it for finally. I've collected media for so long and everyone just was like, OK, that's cool. Well, don't understand it, didn't really care. Uh, would watch a movie, scratch one of my movies, not really care. Things like that um, to find people that love and understand what I'm talking about or showing off or I, like I don't even have to say much. I just pull a movie out of a package sometimes and be like, I got this. And people just instantly know what it is and love it. That's pretty much exactly like what
0: my background with it was with with coming into film talk is, you know, I, I had nobody in my real life that really gave a shit about physical media. Uh, and honestly not a lot of people cared about movies that much like some people I could watch like friends I could watch a movie with and they could appreciate it as a piece of cinema and stuff and they're like oh yeah this is objectively a great movie I had fun watching it Um, but nobody really wants to sit down and talk in depth about a movie uh, and have that discussion and then I mean pull out a fucking dvd and they're like why don't you stream it on netflix <laughs> exactly i don't have anybody not a single soul in my real life that collects blu-ray 4k dvd even nobody gives a shit about that and then you go on to tiktok out of all places the place that i was like fuck tiktok for the longest time tiktok is stupid you think i'm gonna go waste my brain cells on fucking tiktok fuck no you're i've said i think i've said fuck a lot of this You bring out, (laughs) you bring it out of me. Uh, This is, this is the product of JT with coffee and a Red Bull today. Hey, there Um, we go. Um, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to watch TikTok. It's stupid. But then I, my, my wife got me to freaking download it. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. I can find some people in here that I can, they're the kind of funny. And then, you know, like, Oh, I found movie people that led me to film talk with the physical media collectors and i'm like oh my god
1: i my people are here my people
0: see it was They're kind of like the
1: same thing yeah i my woman is the only reason i got tiktok as well she is she loves doing tiktok she actually used to have a tiktok that had about 5000 followers and then for some reason it got completely erased banned deleted they just not even a warning just got rid of it on her but she restarted and I was on TikTok for a while. I used to have a lot of like family videos and different things on there trying to find my neck. Didn't like it. Didn't like uploading videos. It took me about a year or two being on TikTok till I found two people and you were one of the first two people I actually found that were collecting movies. Uh, so yeah, you're actually one of the reasons I started doing film talk. So thank you. Who was, <laughs> who was the other? The other a lot of people might know was a Protexter actually. Oh, pro-texter yeah. Protexter okay. and you were the first two film talkers I found and were the, my inspirations to show off my collection.
0: Well, I am honored. I am honored to uh to have helped to inspire you. So what part did your wife uh play in this in in getting you into uh <laughs> TikTok? Uh, and and go ahead and shout her out because she's a fellow TikToker. She doesn't do film talk, she does other stuff, but she's also a Twitch streamer and stuff. So give give Pix a little love, huh?
1: Yeah, so my wife Pixie, uh her TikTok's Believe in Pixie. Uh, I think it's Believe in Pixie 2.0 because I do believe the first one got deleted. Uh Believe in Pixie 2.0, she does a lot of A lot of different things. She likes to lip sync. She likes to dance. She likes to show off her art. She actually is a movie collector herself, and I convinced her to start doing a little bit of TikToks of her movies. She collects uh, more VHSs and Disney style. Um, But she was always pushing me to always post things. She likes it when I post things, and she always says, you know what, don't care what people think, just be yourself, and I never really could push past that until I saw you you and Protex are kind of being, you know, just yourself and showing that off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to be very energetic. And as soon as it gone off, it went off. She encouraged me every day to keep going at it. And, and not until I picked up a few followers and stuff that I really fall in love with it. So yeah, because of her.
0: That's fucking great, man. I am uh, internally grateful for Pixie for for pushing you into it. That's a, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's great that, uh you have somebody behind you to 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 gear you into it uh what
1: what does she think about your physical media collection she likes the fact i collect media she wishes i would collect a little less on the horror side (laughs) she does not like horror at all like uh she'll watch one or two thrillers that i will call them she'll consider them horror films but i'll consider them thrillers um but other than that, she, she absolutely is a very big supporter. She's the reason, if you've noticed lately, I've gotten quite a bit in the mail. Um, she is in full support of that. I'm not sleeping on the couch or anything. So to have a wife that's in full support of me spending that much on physical media, I think she's definitely behind me for it. I'm, I'm kind of curious, and you don't have to answer this
0: if you don't want to. I'm not going to pry. But if you feel comfortable answering, in the past few months, approximately how much do you think you've spent on physical media because this man's doing a mail day like (laughs) multiple times a week again you don't Um, have to answer this if you don't want to I will cut this completely out of the podcast if you want me to
1: it it is perfectly fine I'll throw you a ballpark of it because I I don't know exactly but I'm gonna say I have to have reached over four digits that's for sure
0: (sighs) four digits
1: yeah that's yeah, about.
0: that's that's probably my budget for a year if that yeah
1: this will probably be a one-time thing because uh after november we're actually going to be starting to save for a house so we Ooh, can uh, okay. put this collection in a bigger spot
0: <laughs> there you go and to be fair too i mean like you said you've had to rebuild your and, and you've had to discard and rebuild your collection multiple times throughout your life yes this is, this is the product of most recently rebuilding this collection right
1: Yes, this is uh my wife's way of, she wanted to really help me because she always knew how bummed out I was that I had to lose more than half of my collection. Um, And so this was another way of her you know, giving me that back. And that's why my buying have been very sporadic of what I'm buying and what I'm purchasing because I'm constantly trying to decide, of, okay, get things that I used to have or get these new shiny things that have just come out that I don't know if I'll be able to grab ever again. <laughs> well the the plus side of that it's
0: also a curse. Double-sided coin is that a lot of the things that you used to have have been re-released with these shiny new box sets and stuff.
1: That is true. I I am happy like I will point out the Hellraiser. I miss the Scarlet Box set. That's a bummer. But I'm getting this awesome 4K set which I probably wouldn't have gotten if I did get the Scarlet Box set before.
0: So a few years ago when you were collecting before you had to get rid of half your collection were you collecting like boutique labels and like, was it like an active thing or was it just like you, if if a boutique label happened to release it, that's what you would collect. And you just didn't really care too much about getting into the boutique. label?
1: So in the past boutique labels were a little harder for me to get because where I was located, I was living out in Montana for the most of the part I was collecting and out there. I didn't like shopping online yet. So I'd go out to Hastings. They had, which, Oh, amazing. Hastings. But their arrow prices were about 40 to 50 bucks for an arrow Blu ray. So at that time, all I really bought was Severn if I bought um, boutiques or uh, grindhouse releasings. Other than that, I would thrift shop, thrift shop for DVDs and Blu rays. And my God, were they pawn shops like as far as you can see? In every pawn shop, any movie is a dollar. Right. So that that was a gold mine every day. I wish I would have just known about TikTok then. I would have done it then. Whew. The things I found in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish that I had jumped on the TikTok bandwagon before because like I, I know a lot of these people that started a couple years ago with film talk are now, you know, 80, 90, followers, and you know, they're actually able to monetize it a little bit and get in the creator fund and all that. And I'm like, and they're getting like partnerships with studios and shit. And I'm like, damn.
1: Right. Why yeah. was I so
0: pig headed about starting TikTok before?
1: Yeah, hey, but you're doing awesome things now. I mean, I love the podcast. I tune into Masters Matinee every Tuesday. Um, your channel is doing awesome, your content's great. I love the movies you're getting in, and you have just a great way of talking about and reviewing these movies that I'm not bored of. I'm one that gets bored of almost everything. I can't sit at church. I can't really go to a noir film at a movie theater. I'm sorry. I do love them, but I can't go to a movie theater. I'll fall asleep to them. <laughs> Well, I mean, I
0: you you opened yourself up for it again, Judas. Come on. Can't sit through church. Well, I, I wonder
1: why. <laughs> I wonder why you can't sit through church, Judas. My skin starts to sizzle a little bit. It just un, it feels unnatural.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, man. Like when do you like when did you start with the boutique labels? Like was it? Was it like way back when, I guess when like, did you know about Criterion or anything or was it really the last time you collected before this current time or what?
1: So I've always known about Criterion, but the problem with Criterion is I always thought they were more high class dollar wise than they actually are. Like I heard about them and everyone talked about them. Like they were the top, top gear. That is what you get if you were the ultimate collector. So I always kind of was like, all right, well, I don't have the money for that shit. (laughs) Um, When I the very first blue uh, boutique I bought though would have to be see here the Blue Underground Zombie. I do believe when they announced that they were doing the lenticular covers, three different lenticular covers, that was when I was like, nope, I'm dropping cold hard cash on this because I "I love that film and I haven't been able to find it and out in the wild. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole of kind of buying boutiques.
0: You have the uh, like three disc set, right? Yeah. I've got that I've got the blue underground, but it's just the single disc set of it, um, which is fine for me, because, I mean, it's a it's a great movie, but it's not one of those that for me, that's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have it. says the man who just ordered the fucking Santa Sangre 4K box set from Severin, who, who's never seen this movie. It was a complete blind buy off of a recommendation from my friend. Sochil. So
1: <laughs> So. So yeah, that, hey, that's a great box set, though is it comes with a cd
0: <laughs> yeah i i love it when when a when a movie comes with a cd i've got a couple releases that come with a cd the new black circle from synapse comes with a cd soundtrack Ooh. i have uh lucia falci's the beyond from grindhouse releasing it yes. comes do you have that one
1: yes oh uh, that with one's the, so gorgeous
0: the glow in the dark slip cover and the
1: yeah
0: uh, it has a cd in it and then uh I think my this is an awful movie. Don't buy this movie, but Veronica from MVD visual uh, based on the Glenn Danzig graphic novel. It has a soundtrack CD and the soundtrack's great because Danzig did the soundtrack. But the movie is god awful. One of the worst movies I've ever seen.
1: Worse than the uh, room. I don't touch much things with Danzig's name on it, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: a, I'm, a, um, I'm a big Misfits fan, so...
1: Oh, I love the Misfits, and that's where I will stand with him. But anything after that, I I don't know. He's destroyed his name for me. I that's a music talk. That's for a different whole channel. Don't get me on music talk. Musicians will go on forever. <laughs> we should do a, a mom
0: special, masters
1: of music. <laughs> mother. The mother special.
0: <laughs> I, I will say this quickly about misfits. I I liked Dan Zara and I can stand with Misfits all the way up until when Jerry only started vocals, because...
1: <laughs> yeah, I can say I can only stand one song of his, and even that one's a stretch. Dude, Project,
0: so. Project 1950 was the most disastrous fucking cover album I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I've listened to that one in a long time. Okay. I can't remember that.
0: The only good thing about that album was their cover of Monster Mash because it actually fit that they were the Misfits covering Monster Mash. That's literally yeah. the only decent thing about it and it wasn't even good. Like I would oh. I'll take the original any day over over their version. Um <laughs> and I love Michael Graves as for as much of a controversial figure as he is. He's piece of shit in person as a person I guess, but I I love his voice and Famous Monsters I think is one of the best albums, the best punk albums, horror punk albums ever. And I think it's one of the best. Oh yeah. Albums Famous ever. Monsters
1: was awesome. That's a great album. And you know what? He is an awesome musician and yeah, he may be an asshole, but from my experience, more than 50% of musicians are assholes. They're tired. They're, they're done. They just want to make their music. They don't want you to grubbing at their feet anymore. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, a lot of musicians, you you just kind of have to not pay attention to their in real life personality. Do you like their music? Good. Then just stay there.
0: Yeah, the problem with with Graves though is that he's like a little bit of a radical right
1: wing nut
0: job. I think. Okay, uh, never mind. I was
1: gonna say I'm a Gigi Allen fan. There's not much you can do, to, but right wing. Never mind. Well, it was it was. I'm not even saying, coming
0: at this from a liberal point of view. I don't want to get into politics, but I'm not even no. coming at this from a liberal point of view. But he's like he was like that far right. To some of the internet posts I've seen from him are are way out there. Um, but I think he also might have had.
1: Vibe.
0: I think he also might have had some some kind of essay, uh, allegations against him or something. But I'm not sure. This, allegedly, don't sue me, Graves. Let's uh, let me ask you this: What's your favorite yeah. movie that a band has done?
1: Favorite movie that a band has done. Oh, not too many come to mind. I mean, we got Trick or Treat. We got.
0: Oh yeah, the one with Ozzy and uh, Gene Simmons?
1: Yeah. That one was pretty decent. Um I don't know if Crosswords counts, but Crossroads Roads, not Crosswords. Crossroads with uh, Steve Vai. But that no band didn't write that movie. I don't know. I don't know many too many movies written by a band, I guess. The best one is Kiss Phantom of the Park. <laughs> so and it's, I completely forgot about that one. And
0: Studio 666 is a close second. Have you seen I was just 666?
1: About to, yeah, I was just going to mention Studio 666 is really good. That was I really was fun. about to say the Foo Fighters one. Yeah, that was um,
0: that was a pretty fun movie actually. I really liked that.
1: There's another one I actually had. It's on my watch list. It's a Japanese film called Burst City, and it's a it's actually heavily based around a Japanese punk band from the 80s. Oh, really? So uh, it definitely has caught my attention. I haven't checked it out yet, but it's on my list. I just picked it up not too long ago.
0: Gotcha. I only have to check that out myself. All right, Judas, this has been an absolute blast. I want to have you back on uh, sooner rather than later. Cause I just enjoy fucking talking to you. I enjoy your company. I'm so, so happy with your growth on TikTok. I'm very proud of you. And I, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I think that, god three months for a thousand followers dude that's impressive well to be
1: fair i did start with like 200 followers because i did have this tiktok for a while but
0: nonetheless man nonetheless like even if it was just spam accounts following you or following you for just like your little couple videos you did before like i mean that growth in that amount of time is pretty insane uh don't see it often uh and most people Most people that I have seen it from, they, they bought their views. So, uh, I know for a fact you didn't do that. So that's, uh, that's definitely say just
1: the water money I gave you.
0: Yep. Just the water money that he gave me to, <laughs> to, to, to run a giveaway for him.
1: that <laughs> he gave another
0: water money to cinema, Chris, and another one to, yeah. to, to horror film kid and, and PS films, Bob, which yeah, by the way, I knew I If you if if y'all missed out on that giveaway, you really fucked up because that was a great giveaway. But we do still have some friends that are running giveaways on TikTok as of the recording of this, uh, which is coming out. When is this coming out? Tuesday, September 26th. I don't suspect these people will have these giveaways ended by then. But P.S. Films Bob and Monique's Movie Madness are both running giveaways still. So go to their channels and and check them out as well because uh, they have some pretty good stuff they're giving away
1: yeah definitely two great creators
0: there oh yeah but judas my man thank you so much for coming on to the show uh i know uh, thank that, you for having me i know that you are one of our weekly listeners one of the one of the few you can be in an exclusive club of the very few people that listen every single week regardless so thank you for that give you a
1: shirt that says that
0: the the masters of matinee (laughs) club and uh, we listen (laughs) we listen uh (laughs) so thank you for your support for our show with this little show we appreciate it and uh we appreciate you uh thank you
1: thank you for having me on man it's been great it was a fun time can't wait for it again your show is amazing all right everybody thanks for
0: tuning in to this week's episode a good night Man, community episodes are amongst some of my favorite to do. I am so grateful to be able to sit down with these amazing creators and talk shop. Hey, we'd like to thank everyone who has been listening along. We'd like to remind you to go ahead and follow Masters of Matinee on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Special thanks to this week's co-host, Judas, who can be found on TikTok and Instagram at Judas Cinema Closet. Don't forget that all four Masters are now on Letterboxd. Come see what kind of movies we've been watching, and be to leave a comment and let us know that you listen to the show. Their links can be found in the description. Remember to also follow me on TikTok and YouTube at JTTheTalkingHead. Thank you all so much for listening to this awesome collaborative effort of four guys who just want to talk about the things they love, movies, and physical media. Be sure to join us next week and every single week on Blues Day Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed the show and a little bit of a hint for you. Next week, we get judas i ain't even about to fucking front with you buddy so i like made a mistake it was up all night doing jack shit and i had a bunch of fucking schoolwork to do and i was like this fucking class that's a communications class and i had to read the entire fucking chapter which was like 60 pages and then like do like fucking 16 assignments on it and my wife brought me coffee when she came home from work, and that motivated me. And in the last few hours, I've done fucking all of it. And she also brought me a Red Bull, so I'm about to go make fucking dinner, and then I'm gonna drink a fucking Red Bull, and we're gonna make a fucking magic show. God damn it!
1: <laughs> okay, buddy. Well, uh, you just relax with that uh, caffeine. No need your heart exploding, but I'll, I'll see you at eight. <laughs> Sounds exciting.